This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. To Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 4, Episode 6, Blackwater. So we only have one announcement this week, and it's a really easy one for you guys. The first bonus episode of Series 4 came out on Friday. If you haven't uh, listened to it, go listen to it. It's so good. Um <laughs> Many of our um, other bonus episodes haven't directly led into the narrative, but this one has a little bit more to give. So I'd highly recommend it if you have the time. Other than that, let's jump right on in to Words with the GM. Hello. Hi, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM is about Series 4, Episode 5, Extracurricular Activity. Or as I like to call it, Team Jollypot. Crime scene investigation. <laughs> Crime scene investigation. Yes, there's something definitely afoot in Felian. There are rumors of a beast. There's giant scary castles. There's all the elements of a gothic horror piece right in the middle of a Tefra adventure. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a it's a little uh, little uh, mini genre excursion uh, around uh, into a mystery. But I think it works really well because because uh, steampunk can kind of be morphed into anything. And um, in normal campaigns, it's uh, it's usually a good idea to kind of sprinkle in uh, you know little like mini genre. Uh, adventures like maybe you're doing like a Dungeons and Dragons adventure for a while but then there's like you know a horror episode where you know you're fighting like vampires and zombies or something like that and like you you know you get to like borrow elements from the horror genre even though you're really doing like high fantasy um, and I think when you're doing a steampunk setting uh, you you can you can actually do that a lot um, because steampunk is kind of a genre that can be interposed on top of any other genre like you it's very very rare that you're talking about like a piece of work that qualifies as steampunk and you don't say steampunk something it's like oh it's like a steampunk a sci-fi steampunk or it's a historical steampunk or, or something along those lines and uh and and i think i'm gonna have a lot of fun playing with that um in this uh campaign given the fact that uh it's very pulpy and uh, uh, almost like each checkpoint is its own little mini adventure along a larger adventure. So I can make each checkpoint a different genre if I so choose. Uh, and that's what it's kind of felt like. So it's it's definitely felt like a dynamic world as we've traveled from one place to another. Every place has felt distinct um, so far. Uh also, I would say as a GM, plugging this stuff in is really good for like sort of like a refresh button. Um, sometimes you can get bogged down in the like um, tropes of your genre, whatever you're, whatever you're sort of, you know, going for. Like your princess is in another castle yeah. <laughs> and you guys can go and have this like silly sort of sided quest adventure. Yeah. Genre mashups, not to be underestimated. Very, very fun. <laughs> um. So let's um, move on into favorite moments. All right. What was your favorite moment as a player? Oh, man, you turned it around on me. <laughs> um, 
My favorite moment, I really enjoyed the the final scene um, in general as a player. Uh, the capturing of Hector Moreau? Yeah, like going down, kind of like puzzling things out, being like, oh, I can read this. Oh, I can't read that. Like all, all of that stuff. And then like Barnabas hiding in the closet and Zeke <laughs> hiding like against a wall. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like there were like so many good mo- moments that I like couldn't choose one in particular. It just felt like a really good scene, like where it felt like the moment where we actually gelled as a team. Uh, I liked it. The warning shot, the warning shot followed up by the threat of burning all the research. That was a good, a good duo. With I was the- very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your favorite moment? My my favorite moment uh, is actually near the beginning of the episode, very early into the episode, pretty much right immediately. Uh, it's the uh, we we get another Gilded Monogle International Radio broadcast. Those are really great and super useful as a player too. Well, that was the kind of the the uh, intent of them when I when I designed them. Um, because uh, I I threw myself this kind of monumental task of uh, managing this giant worldwide race with 12 different teams competing. And while I obviously intend for you guys to interact with some or maybe all of them along the way intermittently, like Team Torchinovich this time, I had to find a way to make it so you could kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what was happening in the race at large. Otherwise, you'd have no idea where you were or, you know, like what else was happening, how the other teams were interacting with each other. Um, And what I decided uh, was after the initial radio broadcast that I could continue to bring that back uh, every few episodes to try and um, give you as the player an update with what was happening in the rest of the race. That way you could actually see the larger narrative. It also works a little bit in a, in the sense of like a little bit of a player reward also, because if you guys do something that makes it into the radio, like you get to hear that. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. If you guys like leap from like last place to first place, you better believe that guy Finnegan is going to like go like, and with a great upset. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and you guys can be like, yeah, that was us. The whole world just heard how cool we are. <laughs> um, so it, uh, it's a, it's a fun and extremely thematic appropriate uh, little uh, trick that I just kind of like came up with and slipped in there. And, uh, and also it's just really fun to do. Yeah. I mean, they sound fun and they're fun to listen to. Yeah. They're very, they're very uh, um, fun to record. Uh, It's, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for me to just write out this like kind of like pulpy, uh, like bombastic script uh like a a 1940s newsreel exactly uh and so i just kind of like took that and and ran with it and uh it's it's a ton of fun to do and as as we said uh uh, very uh the very useful the the benefits abound (laughs) but uh i think that's a that's enough rambling about uh radios and mystery and etc. Uh, this mystery is not yet solved. Uh, we left it on a bit of a cliffhanger and uh, we should see how it all gets resolved. So let's move on in to series four, episode six, Blackwater. Enjoy. Hello, I'm Barnabas Gunsby, famous big game hunter and adventurer. I come from common birth, but I've used my skills to make a name for myself. 
I often go on expeditions to explore the world and its many lost secrets, to tame once wild lands and lay my eyes on wonders few have seen. I've written books of my exploits to help fund my adventures, and while the books have brought me wealth and fame, many believe them to be fiction. It's cast a sad shadow over my once great career. But I have been selected to participate in the great Atroposian circuit, where I shall prove to the world that Barnabas Gunsby is a true legend of adventure. Hello, I'm Talia Nazari. It's true, I am Varishta royalty, and that's all well and good, but ruling is certainly not my true passion, but a duty I fulfil nonetheless. You see, I'm first an inventor and engineer. Self-taught, but I'm very good, a natural. And I suppose that natural talent has only been helped along by a lot of time spent in solitude. But you should see all the sorts of things I've made, mostly through trial and error. I am certainly not afraid to jump in and get my hands dirty when needed. As fate would have it, being an inventor led me straight into what I believe will be one of the most interesting times of my life. Mr. Cornelius Jollypot has asked me to join his team for that great Atroposian circuit. Can you imagine? Of course I said yes, only bolstered by the fact that one of my teammates is Mr. Barnabas Gunsby, my favourite author. We're sure to have a fantastic time and perhaps even have the chance to win. I can't wait to leave Dalvozia and see the world with my amazing and talented teammates by my side. It's all so very exciting. I'm Ezekiel Quaglin, gnome pilot extraordinaire, but my friends call me Zeke. I grew up in Paldoris before the hurricane wars. When the Aedin attacked, I joined the military to do my part in defense of my people. When it came time to return home, we realized that in winning the war, Paldoris had become an uninhabitable wasteland. The Infernal Church of Jinzi swooped in to save the day with their city-sized stormships. This spelled salvation for many of my people, and though I was never particularly religious, I was happy to accept the church's appointment as pilot of Jinzi's Hammer. I flew the city for several years, but I never really enjoyed living on that mechanical monstrosity. When the Evanglesian Civil War broke out, I quickly volunteered for the Jinzi Corps to lend aid to the militarists. Though we lost, I earned admission to the High Flyers, and after the war, used my connections there to become a commercial pilot. It's not glamorous or exciting work, and it barely pays the bills, but it let me fly the skies. When Jollypot offered me a spot on his Atroposian Circuit team, I was happy to accept in hopes of retiring to a life of luxury. I mean, even if we don't win, at least it won't be boring. The last time we left Team Jollypot, uh, they had arrived in uh, the scholar city of Felion. After checking in, they were treated to a very nice dinner at Professor Judith Moreau's manor. And uh, when they finally retired to uh, their lodgings outside in uh, Outer Felion, um, a ramshackle uh, town that surrounds 
Felian proper. They found that their guide, Boots, had uh, gone missing uh, with signs of a struggle that would indicate that perhaps Team Torchinovich got their hands on him. Uh, they didn't have time to investigate that because they heard a crashing sound and some gunshots and uh, some screaming, and it turned out that the fabled Beast of Felian uh, had struck again, um, uh, attacking uh, some people just down the road from uh, Team Jollypot's uh, inn. Uh, springing to action, they investigated the scene and followed the trail of the beast to a, um, a little cave. Uh, the beast had apparently taken someone uh, with it. Uh, and uh, the blood trail in the cave uh, revealed a secret passage um, that connected the cave to an underground labo- laboratory um, where uh, they found the woman who had been attacked um, alive but unconscious and in bad in uh, a bad way. Uh, and um, as they investigated this lab trying to discern exactly what was going on, they were interrupted um, as Hector Moreau, <gasps> the uh, son of Judith Moreau, um, came into the lab, uh, presumably to continue, uh, whatever research he was doing on this poor woman. They apprehended, uh, Hector with a little bit of a scuffle and, um, they have his single arm now handcuffed to his back belt loop. Uh, (laughs) yeah. What do you, what do you guys do? He's shouting stuff like, you know, you'll never, you'll never stop us, blah, blah, blah. My mother's very influential. I punch him in the face. He's unconscious now. (laughs) Mr. Quaglin, that was quite rude. Didn't have to hit him that hard. Okay. (laughs) Well, um, all right, Mr. Gunsby, will you pick up any other papers you can find in maybe like a a briefcase or, um, something like that? And, um... And uh, I will go over and lift the unconscious woman. Sure. Um, and Mr. Quaglin, if you'd be so kind to pick up Mr. Moreau. On it. Okay. And we go upstairs. Uh, Barnabas, as you're rummaging for important documents and whatnots, uh, can you roll notice for me? I believe that's a tier three success. All right. Um, you grab some more papers. They seem like they're pretty good. Uh, you um, also find one of the drawers is locked. You also, with your notice, Barnabas, notice a key ring on Hector's, uh, one of his belt loops that isn't handcuffed to his hand. Oh, okay. Yeah. I take that key <laughs> off of there and unlock the drawer. Uh, you open it up and there is a journal in there. That's I the channel. That, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where are you guys taking him and his journal um, and papers and, and what the and the woman? Where are you guys going? <laughs> Upstairs to find out where we are. Sure. Uh, you guys walk up the stairs and um, Barmus opens up the, the top door and you find yourself uh, in a dark hallway with a bunch of gaslit torches that are uh, burning low uh, so as to keep the, the hallway dark but, you know, somewhat lit. Uh, there's, a, you know, medieval style uh, architecture on the interior, a couple taxidermy animals, some old paintings. You're in the Moreau Manor. 
As you might say, Mr. Quaglin, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this tracks. <laughs> um, well, I suppose we'll process outside. Okay. I, is there like a hospital or... You guys don't know the layout of Felian at all. all. Right, You've been you... to two buildings in Felian. All right, to the other building we know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you guys exit Manor Moreau. Um, uh, do you do so sneakily, or are you sneaking out? I feel like it's very hard to sneak. I mean, it will be hard, but... I'm sneaking. Okay, you're carrying Hector, right? Yes. All right, take a minus one. All right, uh, I too shall sneak if was. Uh, Talia, you're you're sneaking too, right? I don't And you're like carrying it. the woman? Yeah. Take a minus two. Oh, no. All right, and Barnabas, go ahead and roll sneaking. Uh, I got <laughs> tier two. Tier two? All right. And uh, Zeke, what'd you get? I got a tier one. And what'd you get, Talia? I got a tier one. <laughs> cool. I uh, bonk Hector's head on a wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not, you're, you know, you turn and you're like smack his, his feet across, <laughs> uh, across like one of the swords on the wall and it goes like, cling, 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 cling. Oh, and then I, I spin to like see what's there. <laughs> <laughs> and I clank him against a suit of armor. <laughs> Seeing this boss, I start being like, hello, help! Uh, a a lamp comes around the corner, and uh, you see the old uh, servant who escorted you to the uh, uh, gates in, a, in a, a nightcap and uh, pajamas. Uh, he's like, hello, who's there? Hello, um, we need to go to a hospital and or, um, the dean or both, um... Hospital first. Uh, Lady Nazari, uh, Mr. Quaglin and Gunsby, is that you? Yes, quite. Uh, uh, what's that you got there? And he's, like, coming closer, trying to, like, get the light on you There's guys. a woman, she's been hurt. I stand in front of... <laughs> I stand in front of Hector's face. <laughs> in front of Hector's face. So that, oh, 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 I see. Hector's distinguishing other features showing. <laughs> this man needs a doctor. He's lost an arm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we better hurry before Lady Moreau gets here. Quick, come with me. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he, he leads you guys out the back door. Uh, and he's like, this way, this way to the carriage. Uh, we, 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 you have him restrained, yes? Yeah, yeah he's handcuffed to his pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excellent. Okay, uh, let's, let's file into the, into the carriage. Here, I'll, I'll take you to the dean's office right away. We can, we can put an end to this. Cool. Chop, chop. <laughs> he uh, whips the horses, and uh, they go running off uh, in the night with you guys uh, piled into this uh, this carriage um it's not very long before um he uh he stops outside of a, a large uh multi-level uh building uh, very narrow uh but tall uh and he goes hey this is this is the hospital uh, this is where all the medical students reside let's let's get her in there and, uh, and and then we can we can take this foul man to the to the dean so I'll um, take her inside, um, you know, yell for help. I assume people come yep. to help. Yeah. Uh, and I go, um, she's also the only person that's seen what's happened to her, so make sure nobody talks to her until the dean can, please. <laughs> Who are you? 
a good Samaritan. What does it matter? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they grab this woman. And I'm uh, very good with people. <laughs> uh, and then uh, as you're like walking out, one person's like, wait, I want to ask you some questions. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Uh, and you jump back in the carriage, and the and the the old man servant uh, whips the horses again, and rides you guys straight to the uh, uh, to the dean's uh, administrative building, um, and uh, goes around the corner uh, because there's like a, a large uh, like abode behind uh, behind like attached to the backside. That's like you know where the dean actually lives, not where his office is, and um, and. Uh, uh, runs up and like um, uh, like leads you guys up to the door and pulls on like a, a string. You hear like a bell being like clink 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 clink. Cling. He pulls on again. Clink 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 clink. He pulls on a third time. Clink 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 clink. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> and uh, the the door opens up and you guys look down and the dean. He's he's a uh, he's small for even a gnome. Uh, now that he's not in his giant chair, you can even see like uh, this man's size. He's like uh, like a foot and like a half tall. <laughs> uh, he's got like uh, he's got like kind of st- like most most gnomes have like normal human proportions shrunk down to like their size. Uh, he's got like slightly shorter legs than than a normal gnome would have, uh, and uh, he's his like his he's got a big bald spot on the top of his head uh, and. Um, and he's like holding like a, a lantern. He's like, hey, who, who is, who is this? Who, who are you? Hey, oh. it's Team Jolly Pot. Team Jolly Pot. What are you, what are you doing here? Well, well. Adventurers. <laughs> being adventurers, we tend to get sidetracked and go on adventures. We found out a little bit more about the quote fabled unquote. Beast of Hellion. Uh, Beast of Hellion, really? This again? Uh, Every adventurer that comes through town wants to find the Beast of Hellion. Find the Beast of Hellion. No, it seems that we've actually found at least a link to it. Here, Mr. Gunsby, please give him the journal and notes and all the packings that you've got. I do so. Oh, I'm not carrying anybody. Wait, hold on. What is is this? Is Is that Hector Moreau? Yes. All will be explained. Just page through those notes. Also, could we come inside? <laughs> what, what is this? No, I'm certainly not inviting you in. You've you've kidnapped a resident of the city. Um, we've citizens arrested him. <laughs> what? Apparently, he's like a serial murderer. It, you, you've it, got you've got a, a criminal on your hands, and it, it isn't it, actually us. He looks like he's like been handed the like this journal and this ha- fistful of notes, and he's like about to yell something, but his eyes like glance down at it, and he's like, "Yes, well, it's, I'm certainly calling the constabulary." What does it say here? <laughs> <laughs> it's something about bioflux. I don't. Yeah, quite... no, I, I can I can read. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he starts uh, he starts like thumbing through, uh, and he's like, "Hey, this is." This is rather crass. I mean, look at. He goes, hold on to these for me, and hands uh, hands whoever's closest to him the uh, the pile of notes, uh, and then cracks open the journal and starts thumbing through it. Like licks his thumb, looks at it, and he's like, who may? Oh yes. Yeah. It would appear that Mister Moreau here has been using the, the some bioflux creation to collect people from Outer Felion in order to grow himself a new arm and. Well, I'll be damned. There's uh, every implication that uh, his mother, Judith Moreau, was assisting him with the, uh, with the bioflux. He closes the, the uh, tome, grabs the notes again. He's like, this is highly 
unethical. This is, this is just wrong and perverse. Uh, we need to call the constabulary for sure. And, uh, and, and uh, make sure this man's behind bars and, and find out where his mother's at. Um, do you know, wh- where's, where's, where was his laboratory? He's going to need a, a rather large lab for this. Um, it's underneath uh, the manor. And also, it has a tunnel out of the city. Well, that would make sense. He has to somehow smuggle the bodies in. Uh, let me get dressed. Um, uh, you, sir, what's your name? Robert Garton, uh, your dean, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you, you know where the constable is, yes? Here, give him this note here. And he, like, scrawls a note really quick, being like, you know, can find this man, so on and so forth. Don't ask any questions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, give Team Jollypod every courtesy, so on. Um, and hands it. He's like, hey, take these, these three, uh, these three uh, to the constabulary, and I'll join you there. He's like, here, yes, yes, sir, right away. Come with me, and I, your deanship. Uh, <laughs> I would be more than happy to testify. Uh, I've been under armed guard uh, ever since Mr. Moreau got back several months ago. Oh, yes, perfect. You can, you can give a statement to the constabulary. Let's go, let's go. Uh, basically what happens over the course of the rest of the night um, you guys are uh, led to the constable's office. You're all, you know, you're all supposed to give your statements about what happened. Um, the dean shows up uh, and uh, he says he's uh, dispatched um, uh, a bunch of people to the Moreau house uh, to try to uh, to discern what was going on down there. And... Um, after a little bit of time, uh, Judith Moreau also comes into the uh, into the station um, in Irons uh, and is put in custody as well. Um, and uh, as she's being like processed, she looks at you and she goes, "I tried to save you. I tried to help you." And for that, we are thankful. However, <laughs> we are looking out for the for the poor people of Outer Valley. Oh, they're hardly people. They're not worth anything except for experiments. Why don't you? Prosthetics are a thing. <laughs> why don't Why don't you just get him a prosthetic? This seems like you seem dumb. You seem real dumb. <laughs> this seems like a lot more work. She pulls against the chain. She's like, "Dumb! I'll have you know that my son has a condition in which his body rejects any prosthetics. This was his only hope. His His body is decaying. I was trying to save my son. No, ah! just, just, and- just strap. Just strap. You don't have to like. Just strap it to him." Never mind. You're dumb. <laughs> she gets dragged away, and uh, uh, the dean kind of chuckles to himself. He's like, hey, she has a point, actually. Uh, the, the wound is, is a rather peculiar one. It seems to be festering in a way that will take his life soon. Um, untreatable, it seems. Uh, some kind of aether-mutated uh, creature removed his arm. Um, and it, uh, it turns out... Uh, uh, the, the only hope for him was to try and regrow it uh, through Bioflux. According to the journal here, it was a, it was a mutated lion down in a southern Evangles, and apparently it had a cub that he brought back with him. And uh, if uh, this all checks out, um, I don't see why he would be lying in his own journal, it appears that the Beast of Felion is that cub made into a Bioflux monstrosity. And uh, this here, which I confiscated from him, he like holds up a, a whistle, is uh, the way to summon the beast. I suppose Professor Catchpole will be rather interested in that. You three have done us a great service. This would look terrible in the papers. 
Glad to be of assistance. Uh, and then at this point, uh, the door to the constabulary opens up, uh, and uh, Mila Gardner comes uh, walking in, the blue-haired satyr girl. Um, and she goes, uh, uh, Dean Thatchery, uh, this is uh, this is what I've uh, I've uh, discovered looking at the uh, the contraption in the uh, in the base of the uh, the basement of the Moreau house. It, it appears that um, Professor Moreau, and she seems like a little shell shocked by the like fact of it. She's like Professor Moreau was. Uh, injecting uh, uh, pheromones into the stream uh, that passes through Felion um, so that it, it entered the stream just on the border uh, uh, through the wall. And that way, um, anyone who drank the water outside drank this pheromone. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I, again, I only dabble in bi- bioflux, but it seems like it, would re- it might be one that would make a creature aggressive towards anyone who, uh, who consumed it, um, which would explain why it didn't... Uh, attack me uh, since I've never drank the water outside. And that, that seems to be how they've been making the creature attack people. It might be docile uh, otherwise. I'm not sure. Hey, th- thank you, M- Ms. Gardner. Um, I'll let you uh, know uh, the results of your uh, request for further hours. Uh, you, you may go back to your... <laughs> you, may, you, may, you may go back to sleep. Thank you. You've been of great help. Uh, yeah, of course. Anything I can do to help. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Uh, and then uh, she's dismissed, and um, other reports come in, um, uh, basically confirming everything that uh, that uh, the Moreaus were uh, conspiring to collect people from Outer Felion to uh, try and uh, take their arms and make them Hector's arm, uh, which was something that was not taking and not curing Hector's condition. Um, and uh, yeah, the, uh, at this point, it's like five in the morning. Uh, and uh, what are you guys going to do? I suppose we'll go back to the inn. We have to go back to the scene of the crime so we can save Boots now. <laughs> oh, right. Ah, <laughs> oh, Boots. Damn it. Here. All right, let's go save him. Well, again, if... Thank you uh, again for, for discovering uh, this. this. I never would have thought. Professor Moreau was always uh, always uh, a kind and diligent uh, professor. I, I never never once uh, thought that she could be capable of anything like this, but I suppose people will do anything for their children. Hector's always been a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, Dean, one um, question. Um, you see, this has sort of taken time out of our race. And we'll have to, we're going to have to go on foot because of the The, the bombings, yes. Um, so we were thinking perhaps you might be able to afford us some sort of transit. Well, if you're willing to wait a couple more days, the air taxi will be back. Uh, we, we don't really use uh, the airways much in Tordrian. Uh, we really just stuck to the trains. Um, there's not really that many roads, so I can't provide you with a vehicle uh, of any kind. Uh, but I could talk to the... Uh, one of the um, uh, bestiary professors uh, to uh, give you guys some horses. Uh, They would be the the easiest way for you to travel on foot. Um, A wagon of sorts would uh, run into problems in the the overgrown pathways of the forest. I think horses will do just fine. Thank you, Dean. All right. The horses would be magnificent if you could provide us that. We're actually staying at the dusty tome um just uh outside uh in outer um if 
You could manage to get us horses. We'd like to leave in the morning after a few hours of sleep. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem at all. Thank you, Dean. Uh, of course, milady. Well, uh, is it uh, just the three horses for you, or...? Four. The fourth one should be real big. For the automaton? Yeah. Four horses it is. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and you guys get uh, uh, escorted back out of the city, uh, and you're heading back to the inn? Uh, yes. Scene of the crime, as it were. All right. Um, you guys are uh, walking back to the inn. You hear, hey, hey, you three. <laughs> Where the hell you been? Oh, you rescued yourself. Uh, yeah, you turn around and you see, uh, you see uh, Boots uh, approaching you guys. And now, like, the sun is just starting to rise now. Uh, and Boots, uh, he kind of looks like hell. He's got a big gash across his forehead. Uh, he's drenched in water. Um, and, I mean, he's not, like, dripping because, obviously, he's probably been walking for a bit. But he definitely looks like he just, he's been waterlogged. <laughs> um, uh, he's got, like, uh, a huge, like, bruise on the side of his face. Um, his clothes are all torn up. He, like, waves at you guys and runs up. He's like, hey, oh, oh, oh man, I thought you guys would have left without me. Of course not. We are actually going to come rescue you just now. Oh, what took you so long? Jeez, I could have used a good res- rescuing. You seem like you did okay. Well, yeah, well, when a bunch of uh, automatons uh, uh, grab you and force you to, you know, guide them through the forest, the uh, easiest way to seem to ditch them is uh, try to make them cross water that you say isn't as deep as it is. Oh, hey, about the water outside of Felion? Yeah. Um, never mind. It's fine. Okay, sure. I mean, it's got three automatons in it, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, they sort of just floated away. Well, they sunk. They're metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that makes well sense. Well done, Boots. Boots, you've proven yourself a valuable member of this team. <laughs> I, I'm glad, I guess. I mean, uh, we had an arrangement. You know, I wasn't going to balk on the arrangement, so I thought I'd come back and uh, see you guys to where you wanted to go. <laughs> I want to go to sleep now. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, Mr. Quaglin. Yeah? The, the rat. What about it? I give it back. Rat friend can choose where he wants to go. <laughs> oh, do you have fuzzy butt? <laughs> hey, hey, Mort, get over here. Eep. And it uh, scurries up on your shoulder. And he's like... <laughs> Oh, buddy, I thought I thought I lost you. Hey, and he like walks up and, and uh, the rat goes and like kind of like licks your ear a little bit. Uh, uh, Zeke, just a little like <clears throat> click, click, click. And then uh, scurries down you and then across the ground and hops up uh, into uh, onto like Boots' knee and up into his hands. And he's like, hey, man, oh, thank, thanks for looking after him. And he like puts him in the like special pocket in his leathers that he has for him. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think we're, we've arranged to have some horses um, uh, delivered to the um, inn so uh, we could go and sleep for a few hours and then you could possibly get the, your head seen to and uh, then we could... Oh, is it still off. bleeding? Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Can I, like, roll medicine to patch it up? Sure. Right. Roll some science. Is it tier two? Yeah, you, you managed to, like, you know... Wrap a bandage around his head. Yay. Uh, and uh, you guys uh, uh, walk into the inn. Mm-hmm. And you hear, whoop, 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 whoop. And uh, Gerald's just standing there. <laughs> Hello, Gerald. Whoop, whoop. 
Well, have I got a story to tell you. Ooh, we might end up in one of Mr. Gunsby's books. I could almost assure you, you will. will. He writes about everything that happens to him. <laughs> I'm already gone. <laughs> I appreciate the effort, Mr. Quaglin. I, I don't know why they think they're fiction. <laughs> so the morning comes. Uh, you guys rest up. How, how long are you guys resting for? Not too long. Um, just a few hours. Sure, sure. Getting a little bit of shut-eye. Yeah, three to four hours tops. Okay. Uh, and then you pack up your stuff. Uh, you go back to proper Felion, and there are four horses waiting for you guys. Uh, and Boots looks around and goes, what? Four horses? I thought you said we were all getting horses. Come on, guys. I came back for you. We are. Gerald, lift me onto this horse. Woo! Whoop. And he puts you on one horse. Now hop up with me. Ooh, whoop, 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 whoop. Roll a uh, dexterity for Gerald. Two. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Gerald, uh, like, puts one of his giant feet in, like, the stirrup of the horse and steps on it, and it uh, it spins the the – apparently the, the saddle wasn't strapped on well enough with, like, the – to, like – handle the weight of Gerald so it spins uncomfortably the horse rears back and uh, Zeke I need you to roll dexterity for me yeah <laughs> that's a 23 <laughs> I do a flip <laughs> you you uh, whether you want to or not you do flip a few times uh, but then you uh, then you actually like land on your feet and like kind of roll with it and you're okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> and Boots is like ah Oh, 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 that wasn't intentional. That was funny, though. <laughs> All uh, right, Gerald, let's try this again, and I get, like... Hold on. I get real big, and I help Gerald get on the horse. <laughs> All right, you get real big, and uh, and Boots was, like, kind of, like, smiling and laughing and everything, and he sees you get really big. He's like, holy shit, what? <laughs> he does that. It's not something you get used to, really. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. That's... Clearly, you don't live around a lot of gnomes. I Come don't. on, Gerald. Let's get on this horse. <laughs> Woo! And you help Gerald get on the horse. And then I get small again, and I get on the horse. And he, like, as you get small and get on the horse, like, Boots just kind of, like, walks up and gets his face real close to you, like, staring at you, like, what? <laughs> Rat friend to me. And it, uh, and Rat friend, uh, 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 tries to jump out of the pocket onto your shoulder and Boots is like, hey, traitor. <laughs> and like catches him and puts him back in his pocket. He's, he's like, not cool, man. And, uh, and then he hops on a horse himself. Uh, and then Boots leads the way. He's like, where are you guys going, by the way? Gloresh. Uh Yeah, your next checkpoint uh, is across the Hurricane Sea. Uh, the only lands that border the sea are um, the southern end of Tordrian, which you guys are in right now, uh, the northern end of Old Paldoris, um, and just a small sliver, sliver of Zelhost just next to that. And, and dividing those two land masses is the eastern border of Evangles. So the only way for you to get to Old Paldoris would be to travel over the Hurricane Sea. Uh, which, incidentally, uh, is incredibly hard to do because all airways are extremely uh, regimented and restricted uh, in accordance with the, uh, the peace treaties of the Hurricane Wars. Um, so uh, your best bet uh, is to go to a city 
on the southern end of Tordrian and see if there's any official transport you can get on uh, to get safe passage uh, over that sea. Okay, so we don't have, like, our official next destination is Old Paldora, so we don't have, like, a we need to go to this city. On right, the right. But Laresh is the closest uh, coastal city and the one with the most traffic. Okay. So you guys are heading to uh, Laresh, the capital of Tordrian, which is on the southern coast uh, in the hopes of attempting to make this work. So uh, you guys head out. Boots is leading you. And uh, he's talking to you guys a bit. So uh, Laresh is about two and a half weeks on horseback uh, through this wilderness. Two and a half weeks? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it will be safe. I'll make sure we don't run into anything foul, like run afoul of anything that wants to hurt us. Huh. Is there anything faster? Um, well, yes, kind of. Uh, I may know a guy uh, who can get his there a little faster. Um, we kind of have to trade him these horses, but I'm sure fine, they're not ours. Sure. Okay. Uh, you're not willing to part with Gerald, right? No. Okay, just making sure. Uh, yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll do it for these horses. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, a friend of mine. Let's go. And uh, he leads you guys a little more east than south, and it takes uh, the better part of the day. Um, and then uh, at, at a certain point, like Boots kind of slows down his horse. He goes, "All right, cool. This is we're almost there. Um, you can hear the stream." Uh, like um, in the distance, like a, a fast-flowing stream. He goes, so this guy, uh, he's uh, he sends rafts down the stream towards Laresh um, uh, with goods. Um, he might be willing to let us hop on one of the rafts. I mean, it's not going to be a pleasant journey, but it will be quicker. Uh, and then um, I think he'll do it if we trade him these horses. Well, if it's good. faster, I think we can be uncomfortable for a little bit. Excellent. Okay, well, just so you guys know, I just want you to be cool, all right? Uh, me and this guy maybe didn't part on the best of terms last time we saw each other, but we're, we go a ways back. I'm sure he's forgotten all about that. Sure. sure. Yeah, so you just let me do the talking, and uh, and everything will be fine. All right. Lead the way, Mr. Boots. Sure. Uh, and he, like, goes around the bend, uh, and uh, you guys see the stream, um, uh, and built on the... Uh, uh, on the shore of this uh, this fast moving uh, stream is uh, a wooden house, like kind of on like a couple uh, a couple feet high stilts, um, and uh, it's got like a water wheel on its backside. You can see poking up over it, uh, like spinning. And uh, and uh, as like he approaches, Boots is like, pick pick old buddy. Hey, it's your favorite man, Boots. Yeah, how's it going? And there's a gunshot. <laughs> Uh, that cracks out and, uh, you know, birds fly up in the air and like, Boots like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I like ducks down. And he goes, hey, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. I come, I come for trade. Oh yeah. Well, last time you, last time you, uh, you traded with me, Boots, you gave me some bad product and, and I told you not to come back around here. Yeah. But I mean, this time I got real nice horses for you, pick. Eh? Who, who's that you have with you? Well, these are some of my friends. Uh, I'm. Barnabas Gunsby, yeah. leader of Team Jollypot, <laughs> participating in the Atroposian circuit. I look at Talia. I, wait, did we vote on a leader? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, what he said. These are, these are, uh, are, are very influential people who would be missed 
pick. <laughs> and there's a moment there. He goes, well, how do I know this isn't just some kind of ruse? Anyone can roll up in here and say they're important. And how do I know you guys are important? Because I have published books. Well, anyone can publish books. You just put, you just write some stuff down and then people buy it and like reading it. Well, how many have you published? Well, I just chose not to do that with my time. Well, <laughs> 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 what do you want for the horses? I want to talk to I want to talk to someone else besides Boots. I'm, I don't like Boots, buddy, buddy. Mr. Come on, Pick. Come, oh, all right, fine. You Mr. Guys Pick, we'd be willing to trade you these fine horses in exchange for your services, uh, rafts to take down the stream. Oh, you, oh, but Mr. Gunsby, these aren't rafts. They're much better than that. Yeah, Can't yeah. You see, his organization is prolific and very professional. Yeah, I'm very prolific. Of course. <laughs> I could not think of a better term to use, so I just went with rafts. Yeah, yeah. No, they're not rafts. They're scoops. <laughs> yes, Mr. Well, Gunsby, they're scoops. Well, Mr. Pick, we'd be willing to trade you these fine horses. I don't horses. want to talk to you Except now either. You're a lot like Boots. You're just full of yourself. How, how Who are you? You're pretty. Well, you sound very handsome yourself. <laughs> Why don't you come out so we can see you? I do love talking face to face. Well, okay, then you can come a little closer to the house. Okay. And uh, as you come a little bit, like you trot a little bit closer, uh, one of the windows like opens up. Uh, and, uh, uh, a head pokes through, uh, you see, uh, the horned head of a, of a satyr. He's kind of scrappy looking and he's got like, uh, like it looks like he's trying to grow in a beard, but all mm-hmm. he can get is like patchwork. And he looks at you and he's got like a, a rifle pointed out the window, not like directly at you, but he's got it like, you know, ready to point and shoot if he has to. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he looks at you and he goes, well, well what kind of horses you got there? I see, I see you got, there's a four of them. Hey, you selling that automaton? Oh, unfortunately not today. I'm sorry. But I'd be happy to come back and make you another. Well, I mean, sure, if you want to come over sometime. Well, my ears didn't lie to me. You are very handsome. Roll cunning. (laughs) 20. He kind of blushes and grins. Uh, It's actually a 22 because it's with people. (laughs) Uh, He kind of grins and blushes. He goes... Yeah, you mean you should see my bottom half. <laughs> I'm uh, sure it's strapping. <laughs> um, well, um, maybe I could take a look at your horses. Take Boots's horse away from him. Make him stand out there. <laughs> you heard of Mr. Boots? Oh, come on, guys. Really? We're going to do this pick? You know, and he's climbing off the horse. He's like, you buy, you buy someone some unstable explosives once, and then they never trust you again. And uh, he gives you guys his horse and stands there, like, defeated looking. <laughs> so, as you see, Mr. Pick, they're, they're very, very good horses. Very, very strong and lean and, and muscular. They're, they'll be a great ride for anyone. Oh, yeah, yeah. They look like, they look like they'd, uh, I could probably get a few meals out of them. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Sure. Oh. That way, I, it's like a whole two weeks I don't have to hunt. That sounds like that would make your life so much easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that one over there, the one that's holding your automaton, it's real big. That's like, that's like three days worth of meals right there. Perhaps even four. <laughs> so what do you think? Could you send us down the river on one of your two, one or two of your fantastic scoops? 
Um, yeah, I could probably, I could probably do that. And that's for these four horses. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could loan you two scoops. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much, Mr. Pick. Well, of course, uh, uh, we got to seal the deal. And he, he, uh, comes out the front door Mm. and like puts the, the, uh, the rifle, like leans it against one of the like banisters, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, walks up to you. Mm -hmm. And spits into his hand and puts his hand out. I push his hand down and take his head and I kiss him on the forehead. <laughs> he like blinks a couple times, like stumbles back and like his knees look really weak. And he's like, well, scoops are this way. <laughs> <laughs> Lead on. Okay. Whatever you say. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he takes the horses from you guys. As soon as he turns around, I wipe my mouth furiously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he takes the horses from you guys and, like, lassos them up to, uh, like, a tree. Uh, and then leads you guys back around uh, to uh, where the uh, water is running. And he's got, like, a bunch of, like, large, uh, just, like, flat, very plain rafts. Uh, they're basically, like, large pallets um, with, like, buoys on the bottom that keep them floating. <laughs> and... Uh, he uh, he's like, yeah, you guys can take two of these and uh, two of these, and he gives you guys both like, or he gives you two like oars. Uh, he's like, the stream will do most of the push, and you just gotta kind of steer. Excellent. And uh, boots, you still remember the way? Boots is like, can I come back there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, boots. And then uh, boots comes around. He's like, yeah, I still remember the way. <laughs> thank you so much, Mister Pick. No, thank you. And he just kind of <laughs> smiles at you. I smile back oh. and walk away. <laughs> yeah. He likes watching you go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pick, can I, can I just give you some advice? Huh? Oh, hi. Hi, you're down there. Hi. Yeah. Have you heard of the Beast of Felion? Yes. Well, I just want you to know my colleague is like perfectly willing to let you eat these horses. But these horses were specially trained to defend against the Beast of Felion. If you eat them... They'll desert you and leave you to the beast. It's just my two cents. Do what you will. Battle horses against the beast of Felion. Uh, go ahead and roll cunning. <laughs> I got an 11. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Thanks for letting me know. I can't believe you guys were going to let me eat these horses. <laughs> will they help me hunt, too? Yes. Oh, oh I'll... Tonight I'll dine on Beast. <laughs> I walk away thinking, well, he took that different than I meant. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, and you guys uh, uh, climb up on uh, some rafts and shove off? Yes. What's uh, it's, So these rafts aren't quite big enough. For, that's why you got two of them. It's not actually big enough for all of you to fit. Um, so you're going to have to separate yourselves a little bit on these two rafts. Who wants to be on what rafts with who? I should probably be with Gerald. Okay. I take the lead raft. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have a strong opinion either way. And uh, Boots goes, all right, well, I have to pilot one of the other rafts, um, and really we're going to have to probably take some shifts uh, to like, you know, it's going to be about, so this is going to cut the time a little more than a half. So we're going to be on the water for about a week. 
so like we can make pit stops and swap and stretch our legs and stuff uh, and still make that week deadline. But um, uh, if Barnabas is comfortable piloting one, I'm comfortable piloting another. Um, how about uh, we put Zeke and uh, and Gerald on the one with Barnabas? That should be about capacity. And then Talia, you you help me out with my raft. We can take turns steering. Sure, that sounds great. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, and he hops on his raft and uh, helps you onto the raft with him. Oh, thank you, Mister Boots. Chivalry's not dead. Ha! <laughs> 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 oh, did Mr. Gunsby tell a funny joke? Not yes. yet, but I have plenty I haven't told you just for this trip. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you guys shove off. Um, so uh, Onward! Everyone who's taking a turn steering throughout the course of the week uh, should roll uh, dexterity. I got an 11. This Hi. is my... First time piloting a raft? Ha <laughs> ha! I got a nine. I got a 20. Well, Boots and Talia seem extremely adept at steering this raft. Uh, Barnabas, you try to take the lead, but you end up like almost shoring yourself. Uh, and then uh, Boots and Talia's raft just like kind of coast by you, and Boots is like, just follow my lead. And, uh, uh, and you get a very brief stint uh, at the oar. Uh, if I get big enough to do this well, we will sink. <laughs> yeah, so you get a brief stint at the oar, Zeke, and it does not go well. Uh, <laughs> you almost it's fine. I'd rather enjoy this. You almost get uh, pulled into the water uh, during like a, a rapid part. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Gerald, <laughs> Gerald's like woo, and like catches you in his hand and like puts you back in place. Thank you, Gerald. Well done, Ooh. Gerald. Whoop, whoop. Uh, and um, yeah, you guys are traveling, and uh, during the course of it. Um, do you guys have any fun conversations? Anything going on? Anyone trying to learn anything about the other people? I use my exceptional eyesight to watch Boots try to flirt with Talia. <laughs> yes. Uh, I ask for updates from Zeke. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Boots is like, so you're uh, you're like a princess or something? He's asking if she's royalty. <laughs> <laughs> um, more like a duchess. Oh, in <laughs> cool. All right. Um, so are you like betrothed to someone then or something like that? Watch the rock. He, he's checking if she's single now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we don't do that. Oh, oh, so, okay. Um, well, how does a, how does a duchess uh, find her way in the middle of the Tortorian wild on a raft with, uh, with a brigand like me? He's trying to be suave now. <laughs> well, we were trying to equalize the weight, but if you mean like the Atroposian circuit, then um, it's because I'm actually not a bad engineer. So Right, right. You've, you made Gerald, right? I did. It, mm-hmm. Very He's, fine craftsmanship. I don't usually, uh, I don't usually, you know, uh, dig like machinery that much, right? I'm usually like out in the wild, but Gerald's uh, uh, pretty cool. I like him. Now he's using flattery. <laughs> he's got all the standard techniques, but I don't see this working. 
Um, well, I actually made him, he's a bit ramshackle. He's made of four legs instead of two arms and two legs. It's a sort of a mark of shame, but it, it seems to work for our purposes. Uh, don't sell yourself short. I've seen some of the, like, hanging out in Tordrian, you see, like, the guy, like, the, the students that, like, you know, study this stuff all their lives, and they can hardly ever make anything as, uh, as well-crafted as Gerald. So you, 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 uh, you got some skill there. Oh, well, I, I like a girl you. with skill. You're very sweet. <laughs> Still flattery. <laughs> she being is she being sarcastic? No, I think she's kind of oblivious. Oh yes, that makes much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes. So um, after you're done with the circuit, uh, what are your plans? You're gonna you're gonna keep traveling the world or anything like that? I don't know. This is my first time out of Dalvosia, so I suppose if there's a place I like. What do you think about Tordrian? Now he's asking her to move in. <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit soon for that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, but love can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Barnabas is writing all this down. <laughs> oh, t- this is this gets its own chapter. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's definitely been interesting, and and there are a lot of people here who know a lot of things. So, I don't suppose I would be opposed to coming back. I mean, getting here, probably take an airship. I do love flying. Oh, yeah, I've been in, like, an airship or two. I I don't know. I, I, I usually prefer just, like, walking around, you know, earth under my feet, but... Well, it, that's your skill, though. Um, well, you know, if you, ever, uh, if you ever come through Tordrian again, you know, keep an eye out. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll run into each other again. Maybe you'll try and sabotage my car again. Oh yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know you uh you guys were so um uh enjoyable, you know, to be around. Yes, I actually was very lucky. Mr. Jollypot uh actually found some friends. I'm very very lucky. I I feel pretty lucky too to have met you. Rocks left side. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then uh and then Boots uh Zeke you see as Boots intentionally makes the the water or makes the raft wobble a little bit. So that uh, Talia, like, kind of, like, you know, has to, like, step to, like, not fall. And he, like, puts his arm around her. Now he's initiating physical contact. (laughs) (laughs) To, like, you know, he's like, oh, you got to be careful. You know, you don't want to fall in. Definitely not. Thank you, Mr. Boots. She doesn't seem into it. Yes, I'm not surprised. And, uh, yeah, uh, for the rest of the ride, uh, he, he tries to engage in more conversation slowly, like, repeating the same tactics to try and get something from Talia and it just doesn't like, doesn't really connect. <laughs> um, and after uh, a week's time, you know, you guys swap every once in a while. Like, so like at one point, like, you know, like Zeke, you're on Boots's ship uh, and Boots is, or in uh, Talia, you're on Barnabas's ship and stuff like that. Um, and uh, unless you guys have anything else over the course of that week, uh, it's hard and arduous and it takes a week. Um, but after a minute, uh, Boots is like, all right, all right, let's pull the rafts over for a second. We got to shore up here for a moment. And uh, he guides the, the raft up onto the, uh, the shore. And uh, he's like, all right, um, you guys are, we're now we're just a couple hours away from, uh, from Loresh. Uh, this, this stream here is going to take you guys into kind of the seedier parts of the capital. Uh, so if you want my advice, you're going to want to just kind of jump out uh, as soon as you can and head to, like, more proper coastal area. That will be where it will be a little nicer and you're less likely to get shivved. Oh, you're not coming with us? Yeah, the thing about Loresh is uh, I spent some time there, and 
I think there's about half a dozen people there who would not take kindly to my face. Uh, and I'm still uh, healing up from my last altercation. He gestures at like the gash that's you know healing on his forehead and his like bruised face and stuff. And he's like, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't really feel like uh, getting the snot kicked out of me again. So I think this is where we part ways. Well, thank you for everything, Mr. Boots. You were very helpful. He's like, yes, thank you. Of, of course, of course. Uh, it was my pleasure. And he takes your hand, uh, Talia, and uh, he kisses it. And he's like, milady. Sir. And uh, uh, he, like, shakes your hand, Zeke. It was a good try, Boots. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he uh, puts his hand out to shake your hand, Barnabas. I take it and offer him some... Uh, dating advice what is the dating advice you offer boots <laughs> try being a little less creepy next time <laughs> <laughs> you're one to talk <laughs> he chuckles and like kind of like pats you on the shoulder and he's like yeah i've never been good at this game uh <laughs> all right so yeah you guys just follow the stream down there's no offshoots or anything like that uh the waters will slow down a little bit it will level out and you guys will just kind of coast right into the worst part of Laresh. worst part don't yeah. you mean the most exciting well, if you're into almost dying, then yes. Yes. <laughs> Man, this guy. <laughs> um, and so he's like hel- helping you guys go and he like kind of backs up and he's like, he's like waving you guys he's like, all right, safe travels. I hope you guys win the race. And he kind of like, you know, steps back a bit and to watch you leave. Wait, Boots. Well, yeah. What is it, Zeke? Rat friend to me. Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, uh, the rat, uh, jumps out of his, uh, out of his tunic and scurries across the ground and, uh, comes up and curls up in your scarf and like licks your chin. And (laughs) Boots is just kind of standing there looking at you like, come on, man. (laughs) All right, rat friend. You got to go back to him. I know. And, uh, it like kind of like runs around your, your neck a few times, like in a circle and then, uh, hops onto Talia's, uh, like hip and then down onto the ground, uh, and, um, runs back up to Boots and, and Boots is like, come on, man, seriously, after all we've been through, you're going to just go and hang out just cause he has a scarf <laughs> and he, uh, stuffs him in and he's like, all right, go, you guys are burning daylight. <laughs> we do. Farewell. And he waves at you and watches you guys go. Uh, and so you guys coast down the river and, uh, the like Booth said, the like kind of more rapid waters kind of like give way to a more like smooth ride, um, and uh, about like forty five minutes to an hour in, uh, you start to notice a change around you. So Tordrian is is like primarily like green and browns uh, as far as like the color palette goes. It's a bunch of like evergreen trees and like kind of like mossy like dirty ground, um, but like. You didn't really take note of it beforehand, but, like, as you guys were traveling, there were these, like, little buds that, like, were littering the, the ground and all the trees and, like, up and down on the, uh, on the like, wood of the trees, too, these little, like, green buds. Pretty small. Um, and, like, basically in between the 45-minute mark and the hour mark of you guys being on your own, uh, all of these buds rapidly bloom into extremely uh, vibrant pink uh, colors, um, that like make it so everything just becomes this beautiful, like, uh, like it all blooms and like a gust of wind, like blows it. And like across the river, like you see all these like pink flower petals, like floating around and like swirling around you guys. It's beautiful. 
And uh, Barnabas, you you know this to be uh, what happens in Tordrian um, uh, for the very, very brief time that it is spring. Uh, spring only lasts a couple weeks in Tordrian. Um, and uh, in those two weeks, all of these buds bloom into this beautiful, like making everything go from like green and brown to just like vibrant, like pinks and like light shades of purple uh, that like, you know, just like everything calms down for a second. All the wildlife calms down. Everything just becomes really, really serene and tranquil and nice. Uh, and then uh, after the two week time, it all just kind of like wilts away and becomes the normal green and brown again. Well, I explain all of this and uh, mention the page and chapter in my book in which I described this. So. <laughs> oh, yes. Springtime for Tordrian. It was wonderful. You had so many great characters experiencing all of these vibrant emotions just as the 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 weather around them was being their oh, foil. Oh, look, and we're pulling into the city. Oh. <laughs> I suppose you wrote it. Uh, yeah, uh... Me and uh, me and Gerald share a moment. I tell him this reminds me of home. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't understand you. Um, and uh, you guys turn around the the river bend, and uh, just around that, you see uh, the white stone uh, walls and buildings that make up Loresh, the capital of Tordrian. And, uh, yeah, you guys kind of pull in, um, and, um, you're kind of in this, uh, like all the like street levels and stuff are like a little bit above you. So if you guys were to jump off, like right now, you have to kind of climb up, uh, to do so. Uh, there's a couple like boats and stuff and there's tons of, uh, uh, overpasses, like walkways that connect like over this canal you guys are in right now. And, uh, what was like, it looked really pretty as you guys were going from the outside. And as soon as you like pass through the archway, that is like the entrance of the canal, uh, you see that like a lot of the like white stone of this area of, uh, Laresh is like, dirty it's not very well kept there's lots of cracks uh and you see a lot of like uh shady looking people like watching you guys roll in like you know uh you know just like scowling at you and like trying to size you up and stuff and you see like uh you know you see a, a couple brothels you see like a dude getting thrown out of the, a bar and landing in the uh in the water of the canal <laughs> and like you know pulling himself up and then uh uh like kind of just like throwing up into the canal <laughs> uh so obviously what boots said about this not being a good part of town was very true so I suppose we'll get out as soon as it's viable. Sure. I'm not getting in the water. Yeah, you uh, <laughs> you kind of steer yourself over, and there is like some handholds. You can climb your way up onto the cobblestone streets of Loresh. All right, so let's do that, and uh, then I suppose we'll head towards the airfield. Uh, so as you guys are, uh, walking, trying to get more, uh, like going as quickly south as you can to cut through this bad part of town to get to the coast area, which is where you can see the tops of like what would be the airship towers, uh, uh, like poking over the, uh, the buildings you're around. Um, I need you guys to roll some cunning for notice. 18, tier two. Five. Uh, tier two. All right. Um, Talia and Barnabas, uh, you guys see as, uh, one of the, uh, bars doors opens up and, uh, a Farishta stumbles out 
and he's holding like a, a like dented and like un uh, unkempt um, uh, like cutlass in his hand. He's like brandishing it drunkenly at the bar. He's like, "You're lucky I don't kill every last one of you, ah, fuckers." And he's looking around, and he sees you guys. Uh, and this is Ventral Barbagus. Uh, you re- you note the tanned skin, the uh, the like multiple piercings in one ear, the red bandana. Um, it doesn't look like he's changed his clothes since he you guys left uh, uh, the starting line of the race. Uh, this is a member of Team Silver. Um, if you recall from your dossiers, uh, he is a serial killer. <laughs> um, he he, uh, kind of like looks at you, and he's like kind of wobbling as he's standing there. He's like, "I know you." I no, I think you're mistaken. Nah, nah, nah. And he like kind of yep, st- you're mistaken. Stands in your way, and he's like, "You're, you're nope. team. Mm-mm. You're team Adams. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a team at all. Well, you're the you're the author guy, and you're the royal bitch. I don't know who. And you you're are. the annoying drunk standing in our way. Please excuse us. Oh, uh, yeah? And as you try to, like, step around him, he steps away. He's like, what are you going to do if I don't excuse you, old man? You want to fight? And he, like, puts out a sword and, like, uh, pointing it at you. And he's like, yeah, give me a reason. Probably just outrun you. That That's what we do. Yeah? Your short little legs, Stumpy. And he points the sword at you, and he's like, why don't you take a swing? And then I get real big. <laughs> 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 you you glow for a second and then go and like become like this giant elf like thing and he's like ah and he like stumbles back and trips up on his feet and like falls on his back and he's like what the hell you just ugh, I, you fucker I can still take you I'll take all three of you and he stands up and he's like come on just take the first shot I'll give it to you Mr. Bob Baggis yeah uh? why are you here huh I race. I'm here for racing. Right, but why are you here? We were in last place. Blake told me not to to tell people stuff. That you're stuck? I didn't say that. You're stuck. Fuck you. (laughs) 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 All right, well, um, I suppose you didn't want our help in getting across, so uh, we'll leave you to it. Goodbye. What I and he uh, he he tries to like get in your guys' ways again. He, um, I evade his him. Sure, roll evade. Sixteen. Uh, he tries to step in your way, Talia, and you spin around him deftly, and he uh, trips up on your feet and like falls over. And he's like, "Hey!" And um, I need him to resist with dexterity. Oh, oh no. What's happening? <laughs> so that's tier three. It's a twenty-two. Okay. What are you? What are you I'm, doing? I'm parting waves, and I'm parting his sword and his hand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he's like, he tries to like get in your way, and you just kind of spin around, and you like catch his uh, the like. I'd like to just slap it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You you just kind of like slap. Uh, his hand and uh, he like drunkenly like his sword goes flying off and falls in the uh, in the canal. I'm not interested in fighting you, Mr. Barbagus. Good luck. And he's like, oh, sorty. And he, uh, <laughs> he stumbles over and looks over into the like water where the the sword fell. And he's like, oh, oh no, 
Oh, oh. We keep walking. <laughs> We're just going. <laughs> if I push him in the canal, do you think that's against the spirit of Jolly yes, rules? I do. Okay. <laughs> I get small again. Uh, and you hear, as you guys are walking, you hear uh, slow clap. Uh, and ahead of you a little ways, like kind of like leaning against some crates, uh, peeling an orange, is a Farishta you've never seen before. Uh, he's got uh, about shoulder length uh, black hair that's kind of like, looks like it hasn't been washed in a while. And it's kind of pulled back uh, messily. Um, he's got pretty handsome features. Um, and uh, he's wearing like tattered fineries. So like if you, you, you imagine that like if these, these, these clothes were once great and now they've been through a lot. (laughs) Um, and so now they're like, they're like, uh, really almost rags that he's wearing, but like, you can still see the like fine craftsmanship that was their original intent. If they weren't fine, they'd not be wearable at this moment. Exactly. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he's wearing like, uh, almost knee high, you know, black boots. He's got a sword and a pistol on his hips cutting off the, peeling the, the orange, uh, with a knife, um, and, uh, takes a bite of it and he's like, that was pretty good. That's, uh, uh, Barbagas there. That guy's, uh, that guy's an asshole. And he takes another a bite of his orange. Yep. Yeah. He was very drunk. Yeah. 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 He's just looking for someone to kill. He's been at it for a while. It's been really entertaining. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, his buddy, uh, the the guy with the really big rifle and the and the spectacles, uh, told him he wasn't allowed to kill anyone unless they started the fight. So he's uh, he's trying to get someone to swing first. Um, who are you guys? Who are you? I'm Barnabas no. Gunsby <laughs> of Team Jollypot. Yeah. Okay. So you are with the circuit. That makes sense. That makes sense why he was trying to target you specifically. He takes another bite of the, uh, like slices off a part of the orange, takes a bite of it. And he goes, uh, and he stabs the knife into the, uh, into the orange. He goes, uh, I'm a Percival Blackwater, uh, Captain Percival Blackwater. And he wipes his hand, uh, and reaches it out to shake yours, Barnabas. Nice to meet you, Captain. And he shakes your hand. He goes, uh, you're your traveling companions. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't really follow the, uh, the race very well. So I don't know who all is part of a team polyjot. What was it? Jolly pot. Jolly pot. Yeah. Yes. And I will let my comrades introduce themselves. Talia Nazari. Pleasure. Nazari. And, uh, he, he kind of like grins a little bit and, uh, he's like, should I bow or no need to stand on ceremony? I don't think you do very often. (laughs) Very perceptive of you. Pleasure to meet you anyway. Captain Blackwater, and he puts out his hand to shake yours. I present my hand for him to kiss. <laughs> he shakes it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and Azari, man, what are you doing in this race thing? Well, we'll get to that in a second. Who are you, little guy? I'm Zeke. Zeke? Pleasure to meet you, man. And he shakes your hand. Cool. So, uh, goes back to eating his orange. You got a ship? Yeah, I do. You want to help us get across the hurricane sea? <laughs> He kind of chuckles. Yeah, straight to the point, this guy. Uh, yeah, actually, yes. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm willing to do that for you. Great. Uh-huh. We can't pay you. No, that's fine. You're going you're gonna, to uh, help me. He takes another bite of the orange. You're go gonna, on. You're going to go get my ship for me. Where is your ship? Constable's office. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, they have it in the scrap there. They also have my first mate. If, uh, 
you guys could spring, uh, spring my first mate and grab my ship, I'll take you where you need to go. Fastest ship on this side of Evanglass. Team Huddle. <laughs> <laughs> I've flown the ship, the fastest ship this side of Evanglass. Well, we'll see about that. Takes a bite of his orange, and then you get pulled into a huddle. <laughs> yes. I think we can do this. I'm just standing between like, <laughs> both of your knees. <laughs> just looking straight up. <laughs> now, we might risk a little bit of legal trouble, but we're not hurting anybody, and this will be a great advantage for the race. Hold on. And I, I turn back to Blackwater. You turn back to Blackwater, and he's, like, sitting there. He's, like, munching on what's left of the orange, and he's, like, staring at Gerald in the face, like, what? <laughs> you and your friend kill anybody? Huh? Um, no. Be sure about this answer. I mean, we've, mo- in self-defense. You get, you get locked up because you killed someone? Oh, no, 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 no. He's not behind bars for that. He's, uh. One moment. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're probably in the clear here. I, yes, I don't see anything bad that could possibly happen. Let's help them. So I just have to be the stickler. Is this what Mr. Jollypot would want us to do? Break someone out of prison, possibly a violent criminal? It's still within the rules. As intended or written? Yes, it is in both the letter and spirit of the rules. As adventurers, we have to be resourceful and sometimes resort to things that we normally wouldn't do, such as breaking a criminal law. But I'm sure there was just a big misunderstanding, and these gentlemen will help us across the sea. Uh, all Hold of a sudden, on. Oh, and no. I turn back to Blackwater. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys get in jail for? It's a personal question. Buy me a drink first, Zeke. Uh, <laughs> You're the one who asked us for help. <laughs> uh, no, we were, uh, we were moving some uh, extra legal product, and... Uh, well, we were doing it over restricted airspace, and uh, the constabulary didn't take too kindly to that. And uh, my my first mate, ever uh, the loyal and selfless idiot, made sure I got away, and then he got taken down with the ship. He's a good man. He doesn't deserve to be behind bars. Can I tell if he's lying? Go ahead and roll cunning. It's a ten. All right, that's a tier two. Uh, you don't think he's lying. And he seems very genuinely, uh, he, when he says, like, that man doesn't be- uh, belong behind bars, you think he genuinely believes that? All right. Give me a slice of your orange. Oh. All right, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and he cuts off, like, a quarter of the orange and tosses it down to you. I catch it. I turn back to the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> and I, as you do, you see him just kind of, like, tapping Gerald on the eye, just like, dink, dink, dink. Huh. <laughs> All right. So we're doing this then. Well, okay. Let's put this one on hold for a sec. We're not getting across the Hurricane Sea on a boat. That's out. Oh, no, no, we're not. So we're getting on an airship. And what's the, wh- how likely is it that we're getting on the next airship? And when would that be? Uh, and it, if it wouldn't be with Team Silver? Would I know... The sort of the setup of air travel across the hurricane sea. You would. You wouldn't know what the schedule particularly is like today. But, but, but I would know the general. You, you know that um, air travel over the hurricane sea is super limited and only happens once every few weeks. Uh, basically, like a ship like travels to Tordrian and then hits all the coastal cities in Tordrian, picking up everybody. 
And then once it's made the full circuit of all the coastal uh, circuit, uh, uh, all the coastal cities in like Southern Tordrian, it then travels back over, uh, skirting around old Paldoris, uh, and, um, did, like hits the like civilized areas that it can to drop people off, uh, before circling back around, uh, and going over the sea again. So it could be anywhere from, uh, like three or four weeks mm-hmm. to a couple days before you can get on one. Right. And then with you guys being in Laresh, there'd probably only be like one or two more stops before it then crossed the hurricane sea. But you're looking at a, a, yeah. a pretty lengthy process. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's if you can even get a ticket because tickets are usually reserved way in advance. Okay. Um, so an official airship crossing the hurricane sea, we're looking at a minimum of probably about a week from here to the rest of the stops it's going to make, and then a week down across the Hurricane Sea, and then it doesn't go where we need to go. We then have to still get into Old Paldoris. Oh. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to, like, jump off at the coast of Old Paldoris. And then... Or get dropped off and find transit back. Yeah. An unsanctioned airship across the Hurricane Sea is our best bet to make up any kind of time. Otherwise, we're looking at we could be waiting in Loresh a month for the next ship to come. Captain Blackwater. Yeah. He just says, like, not looking at you this time. Now he's, like, looking at his reflection in Gerald's eyes, like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> um, you'll take us to Old Paldorus and then from out Old Paldorus. Oh, you guys had Old Paldorus? That sucks. Uh, wh- wait, so you want me to take you to Old Paldorus and then bring you back here? No. No, to the next stop or out of... Old Paldoris. Uh, so your guys... I don't really know much about down there. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, well, uh, uh, it's not great. It's not a great time. But yeah, I can I can drop you off um, wherever you need to. We can do a flyover, drop you guys off. You can attend to your business and I can pick you back up. That's not a problem. Once we get over the hurricane seas, it's pretty easy. I think this is our best bet. And you swear that this man we're rescuing, he's... Not a bad man. Yeah, his name's Jebediah, and he's the only good person I've ever met. All right. We'll help you. Excellent. Who made this? And he points at, he points at Gerald. He's like, it's, uh, it's yours, right? And he points at the, uh, the Nazari crest on the uh, vest. Yes, he's mine. Well, he's, yeah, but who made him? I did. Right, but what? He's mine. I made him. Gerald, come over here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, shit, it, it moves. Okay. <laughs> and then it walks, uh, Gerald walks over to you. There you go. Good boy. Tap, tap, tap. Huh. She really made it herself? Yeah, I yes. watched her. It's impressive. That's also not something Here. a lady of Sunspire would normally do. I don't know what you mean by that, but, um, wow. You know, Thank you, I suppose. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, obviously, I mean, you left, you left, you know, Delvo's you for a reason. You, you must, like, you obviously don't fit in if you do stuff like this, right? I mean, everyone up there has got giant sticks up their asses. Huh. Um, I left Delvozia to compete in Atroposian Circuit. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, I'm but, just trying to figure you out. That's weird. It's your, I mean, Royal Frister are assholes. Thank you. That's very kind. Well, uh, Constable's <laughs> office is this way. Obviously, I'm not going to show my face around there, but uh, my uh, here, I'll take you. Let's uh, I'll make sure you guys don't get stabbed on the way. And he leads you guys. All right. So how are we doing this? 
Um, well, my uh, my first mate's name is Jebediah Longsworth. Uh, he's been held up for a few days now, uh, and uh, you know, I figured eventually I'd find a team uh, from the Atroposian circuit who was clean enough to get him out. You guys look like you could probably do it. Definitely wasn't going to use fucking Barbagus. That would that'd be just a bloodbath. Um, so uh, his name is Jebediah, Long- Jebediah Longsworth, and my ship is called the Silver Spittoon. And uh, if you can just, you know, smooth things over, get my get my guy out of there or, you know, break in, get him out of there, whatever your guys' specialties are, um, and uh, get my get my ship, uh, I can meet you at the docks and we can be off whenever you guys are ready. Sounds like a deal. But first, how do we get him out? Um, I, I mean, I don't know you people. How would you go about breaking a man out of prison? How much pull does... Farishta royalty have in other countries. Some. Why? Isn't your brother like a king? Sort of. This makes Percival kind of look at you a little more, like, quizzically. Uh, I give him side eye as I'm talking to Zeke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sort of. Uh, You're suggesting I just walk in and ask. Yeah, couldn't you do the thing where you tell them you're a Nazari and your brother's a king and then they bend over backwards to do whatever you want? I mean, I don't know. That's how it works in Dalvosia. <laughs> Maybe that's how it works in Tordrian. Yeah, not really a lot of pull here for anyone but day society. And Nazaris are, I mean, they're upper echelon of night society, but two different ballparks. Right, so the plan will work then, right? Potentially, if I invoke my brother's name, yes, I guess. Uh, sure, I could do that. I mean, very good. I mean, it I would didn't... be the least violent way if it works. I didn't meet the guy for very long, but he seemed real into the whole adventure. And what's more adventurous than a prison break? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I suppose it's on you two and Gerald to get me out when they arrest me, if it doesn't go well. Oh, yeah, we can handle that if it goes sideways. I'm also leaving this part out of my book or altering it slightly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I uh, sort of pat myself off of all the dust and travel, and I try to, like, fix up my hair a little bit. Yeah, the whole time Percival's just staring at you like, what? <laughs> uh, Very confused. Yeah, fix up my... Um, get my necklace out so it's, like, showing, and, you know, try to look cleaner in general. I've just been traveling on a river for a week. <laughs> <laughs> like I haven't been traveling on a river for a week. Uh, and, uh, Percival's like, yeah, um, you two and I, I suppose Gerald, uh, we, uh, we'll be at, uh, the, uh, uh, Serpent's Tongue, uh, tavern. Thanks for offering to buy food. Oh, yeah. Sure, buy. Yeah, that's right. Um, All right. I walk into the constabulary, very sure and full of purpose. (laughs) Uh, And Percival leads uh, Zeke and Barnabas and Gerald uh, into a seedy tavern. All right. Uh, You walk in, Talia, and the, the clerk... Looks up. Uh, he seems to be doing some paperwork. Um, he is a human. And uh, he goes, hello, how can I help you? I'm here for the prisoner exchange. Uh, the what then? 
prisoner exchange? Uh, uh, Is he prepared? Uh, one, uh, one, one moment, miss. Hold on. And uh, he like starts looking through his uh, his like papers and stuff, and he's like, uh, he grabs like a clipboard, puts that one away, grabs another clipboard. He's like, um, I'm sorry. Is it possible you have the wrong day? No, it's today. Uh, okay. Um, uh, what's the prisoner's name? Jebediah Longsworth. He uh, was arrested along with um, the evidence of the silver spittoon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's. We got him in a holding cell. Um. Is he prepared to come? I do. I'm, now? Um, come with me. Sorry, I don't. I don't have any record of a prisoner exchange. Where? Where it, are you taking? Who? Who do you represent? Dalvosia. Right. The government of Dalvosia. Wait. Hold on. Would you say your name was? I didn't. Oh. Um, you failed to ask. Uh, well, uh, what is your name? Virtue Tali Nazari. Huh. I don't have your name written down anywhere. Um. Give me one moment. I'm going to go ahead and ring the head constable. Yes, please. I can tell him of your um, incompetence. I, I'm just trying to do my job, miss. Uh, one moment. And he, uh, he presses like a button on his finger. He's like, and he goes, um, Chief, I got a, a virtue of Dalvosia here to pick up a prisoner, apparently. And then, what? <laughs> yeah, um... I, I don't know. It's, she's just walked in, says there's an exchange. Um, I don't have any of my paperwork in order that says that. Uh, should I send it to your office? She looks like she means business. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, send, send, her, over, uh, send her down, I, I suppose. And uh, like, all right, um, chief will see you. He's just down uh, that hole, and you'll see his name on the... On the placard. I assume his name is Chief. Well, I mean, his title's Chief. Uh, his, and his name would be? Uh, it's uh, Chief uh, Chief Goldcrest. Thank you. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, do you want a water or anything? Well, no. All right, you can just go. That's fine. I'll just... Huh. Here's an exchange. <laughs> uh, and uh, you go walking down the hall? Yes. And there is a door that is labeled uh, Chief Goldcrest? I... Knock on the door. Welcome in, then. I wait. Hello? I knock on the door a second time. Oh, bloody hell. <sighs> and, like, you hear, like, a chair, like, and uh, a couple footsteps. Door opens. Yeah, um, oh, come in, come in, miss, sorry. I walk in around, and I assume he has a desk. Yep. I sit down in his chair in the desk. He just kind of watches you. He's, like, holding, like, a coffee mug, and he, like, watches you sit down in his chair, and he's like, right, who was it you said you were? Virtue Tali Nazari. Huh. You got any way to verify that? I assume you know what crests look like, and I slowly move my necklace up to his face. Well, not to his face, but, you know, in a casual sort of purpose. And uh, he leans in and looks at it, he goes... You know, those gemstones look real. I'm sorry, uh, Virtue. Um, can I get you anything to drink? No, thank you. All right, well, um, how can I help you? I'm here to collect one Jebediah Longsworth and uh, the evidence that was uh, collected with him, the silver spittoon, and to return them to Dayan for trial and following execution. Right, well, this office hasn't received any uh, notice of a prisoner exchange from Dalvosia, um, and uh, this man's being tried on Tordrian turf, as far as I know. So, um, on 
whose authority are you uh, are you supposed to be taking this prisoner on no notice whatsoever? Seraph Asheron Rahal. Oh, the Seraph, you say? Yes. Eh. I've been sent to collect this man to return him to Dayan to stand trial for piracy and to bring with me the silver spittoon. So I shall take that as well. Uh, go ahead and, and roll cunning. Oh, no. <laughs> this is important. It's a 12. <laughs> That's tier two. He kind of looks you up and down and, like, snort, uh, like, snorts, like, half a snort and then stops and, like, kind of composes himself. And he goes, right, um, it's not really like the Dalvosian government to just send a representative with no, uh, you know, make the city ready, uh, make sure you give her, you know, all the niceties. I don't really... It is there is no fanfare for your rival. I, I assure you I don't need it. Huh. It is uh, on short notice. You see, we were afraid he would not return in time and uh, notice would normally be sent ahead. However, uh, the trains have recently been bombed and um, there was no good way for any notice to beat me here. We are quite keen to return him. Right. What, what do you do then? Why, why is he being... He's a pirate and he's murdered people. Good people of the Night Society. We don't stand for that. Hmm. I don't suppose you mind if I just go ahead and verify this real quick with a little bit of a... I should be offended if you don't. Right. Well, if you just wait here for me, I'll go ahead and uh, send a telegram I'll over. take that tea now. Thank you. Right. And he uh, reaches over his desk, presses the button, and... Uh, Not from the clerk. He's an idiot. Let's go of the button. He goes... Well, who Thank that? you. Uh, chop, chop. He goes down the hall, comes back with tea, sets it down on the table, uh, a little bit out of arm's reach for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all right. I don't move for it. <laughs> and he goes... Right, I'm going to go send a communication over to... Uh, did you do anything while he was away, by the way? He w- was out of the room for, like, I don't know, 45 what, seconds what a minute. What I do? I, I guess I scope out whether or not I can jump out the window. <laughs> 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 no window. Uh, <laughs> oh, actually, that's not true. I've taken out my, my sword, uh-huh. and I've set it on his desk. All right, he sees that and just kind of... Looks at it a little confused and then goes, right, well, if you don't... Ceremonial sword of the day society. (laughs) He can't can't tell. (laughs) It's a very nice sword. (laughs) It is a very nice sword. To him, you just put your gun on the table. Yeah. (laughs) That's fine. It's a show of will. Um, He goes, right, well, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to go ahead and send that communication right away. Might take a couple days before they get back to us, of course, if you want to come back. I'll wait. Right, well, and he, uh, he goes across the hall. Um, so did he leave the door open? Yep. Then no, I don't do anything. A minute passes. You do anything? Other than try not to sweat visibly. <laughs> All right. We're all spirit. Okay. That's a 10. All right. You're not sweating visibly. <laughs> <laughs> You're using all the tricks. You, like, have your arms out, so it's not, like, making any, like, sweat stains or anything. Um, two minutes pass. You do anything? No. All right. Five minutes pass. So he, so it's right across the hall. Yep. So, so I would see him if he like came out running or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then if I don't see him, then no. All right. I eight, suppose. eight minutes pass. The door in the hall opens, and he comes walking towards you. 
Mm-hmm. He's holding a piece of paper in his hand. And he uh, enters the room, shuts the door behind him, looks at the paper, looks at you, lets out a little bit of a sigh, and goes, Milady Nazari, <gasps> let me go ahead and um, see to your prisoner exchange. I'm sorry to have delayed you. On behalf of Dalvosia, I forgive you. He bows. <laughs> and uh, sets the paper down on his desk. Uh, he goes, oh, uh, did your tea go cold? I could get you another cup. And he like, kind of like looks pain to be offering. No, I would not drink that again. Fair enough. A sorry excuse for tea around here probably doesn't match up to, uh, to what you're used to up in Davosia, of course. Uh, give me a moment. I'll, uh, I'll get the prisoner prepped for you. Um, if you want to wait here, you, you're more than welcome to or... Uh, out um, in the in the lobby. I'll be out in a moment with them. Thank you so much. Of course, uh, and the evidence as well, please. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get the uh, I'll get um, the the keys to release the evidence. Uh, and uh, do you stay in the office or? I let him go first so I can read what's on the paper. <laughs> yeah, sure. He uh, he like bows again before he leaves and walks out. And uh, you see, uh, typed out, uh, it says. Um, Chief Constable uh, Goldcrest, your message has been received, and frankly, the the uh, the Dalvosian government is appalled that you would even question the word of a virtue of one of our virtues. Um, you are to give her, extend her every courtesy as if she was a member of the Day Society, and uh, as she is there uh, at uh, at my personal will, you are to release the the prisoner in question immediately and acquiesce to every request that Virtue Nazari makes of you without hesitation. Um, please do not waste my time again with trivial questions. Seraph Asheron Rahal. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I go to the, uh, the lobby and I wait patiently. You get there and the, uh, the clerk is like, he, he seems to have, like, he put on his hat that he wasn't wearing. He's, like, buttoned up his, like, loose buttons. He's made sure all of his, like, uh, medals are, like, in, in place. And he's just, like, sitting there. And he just, like, is averting his gaze and is not addressing you unless you address him. Like, that kind of thing. And it's just, like, he's just, like, staring at a blank piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, as rigid as can be. <laughs> all right. And uh, a couple minutes pass. And then you see uh, the constable uh, leading a uh, human man. In, uh, he's, uh, a little bit younger than you expected, maybe mid twenties. Um, he's, uh, he's pretty strapping. Um, and, uh, he's like, he's dirty as well. He's got dark reddish brown hair that's, uh, cropped pretty short, but is a little mussed up. Um, and, uh, the constable's holding like a bag of his and he's, you know, in shackles and he looks at you like confused, uh, but like doesn't say anything or anything like that. Um, and, uh, the constable's like, all right, this way. And, uh, um, do you need, uh, uh, help transporting the, the, uh, the airship, the evidence or uh, honestly, um, lady, it's, doesn't really seem like a very safe ride. It might be, uh, might be better just to leave it. No, I'm afraid I must take it. Um, but as I am a fresh die, I am excellent at flying. Of course, I don't question you whatsoever. Uh, I just, uh, uh, just merely concerned for your safety. 
Uh, your concern is noted and appreciated. Thank you. Right. Yes, of course, m'lady. Uh, this way, and he, like, <laughs> still looking a little pained and rigid. Uh, looks like he's, like, oiled his mustache. <laughs> uh, <laughs> walks um, the uh, Longsworth out uh, with you following. Um, you guys enter basically, like, a big uh, yard with a ton of, like, Vehicles and ships and and so on, like all the all these like impounded vehicles, effectively, and airships. Uh, and he leads you winding around. Um, you guys turn the bend and you see uh, a very very large like elegant uh, airship that looks um, kind of like a mini yacht uh, with like you know a nice little masthead and everything. Uh, and you guys start walking towards that, and then the constable takes a right and goes around it, uh, and behind it, a very small, (laughs) dingy-looking, um, airship, uh, it's almost like someone took, like, a, a, like, a, a a schooner boat, like, that, you know, can barely house, like, anything, it's just, like, very, very simple, like, boat design, and attached a giant balloon on top of it, uh, that, and, um, the engines of this airship aren't attached on any hard point. Uh, they are, they are like wrapped up in the ropes that are attaching the balloon to the, to the body (laughs) of the airship. So, and there's four of them, there's four engines, uh, uh, and they're like kind of haphazardly hanging, not even really like in line with each other. (laughs) Um, and, um, uh, yeah, like it doesn't even look like there's like a cabin or anything to sleep in. Uh, it's just like, uh, the body of a ship, a big ass balloon with a little bit of armoring on it, and these like free hanging uh, uh, engines that are like you know all it's got for mobility. Oh, um, well, I suppose needs must. Thank you, constable. Uh, I shall take the keys and um, the manacle keys as well. Of course, my lady, and he hands you all that. And he goes and he, like, there's, like, you know, a giant chain that's, like, hooking the airship to the ground to keep it from being able to, like, take off. He undoes that. And uh, he goes, is there anything else I can get you, uh, Milady Virtue? Uh, is it all fueled up? Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, it's all taken care of. Um, as skyworthy as something like that's ever going to be. Well, and uh, uh, when he when he says that, uh, Jebediah, like, scoffs. Uh, thank you so much. Um... You've been quite adequate. He, like, smile scowls at you. (laughs) And bows and says, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure, milady. And then turns and, like, as he's walking away, you see him reach into his, like, jacket and pull out, like, a flask and take a drink. (laughs) And then I I low, low under my voice, uh, you know, like, Mr. Longsworth, um, I've been sent by... Captain Blackwater. What? Shh. Okay. We need to fly away, but, but you're my prisoner, so go. I'll take your manacles off yeah. as soon as he's out of sight. Sure. Uh, and he like walks up onto the uh, on the uh, silver spittoon, um, and uh, you guys are out of sight. You take his manacles off. Yeah. Uh, he goes. All right. Well, let's get this thing going. I guess. Uh, yeah. Who? I guess I'll ask questions in a minute. Uh, and he, uh, he walks up, he turns on, uh, he like pulls the, the cord on three of the four engines and they like start up and then he pulls one on the fourth one. It doesn't do anything. He pulls it again. doesn't do anything. He goes, hold on. And he, uh, reaches around and like, uh, pulls up like a floorboard and finds some tools and puts the floorboard back down and smacks it really hard with a wrench. And he goes, 
and he's like, all right, we're good to go. All right, we're just going to the the docks. Okay. Oh, is, uh, is he flying or are you flying? Oh, I'll fly. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he, uh, he gets the engine going and you take off. Go ahead and roll dexterity. Twelve. Cool. You fly. I fly. Uh, it is, this thing is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, every, it seems like, so the, the controls are uh, like an old uh, ship's like wheel. Um, and then there's like a lever for like increasing and, and decreasing the amount of like lift from the balloon. Um, and uh, then there's also like a throttle level, lever, bleh, level. And that's uh, it. Um, and like every slight movement of the wheel, like makes this thing spin like crazy. Uh, it's like super, super touchy. As soon as you like try to tip it up, it like the nose like goes like almost straight up. And as soon as you try to tip it down, the nose goes almost straight down. And like a slight turn to one side or the other makes it almost do like a 360. Um, and it's like everything is super, super touchy. If you push the throttle forward, it like zooms way crazy. And like, you think like the engines might pop out of the ropes if you push it too hard. And then, uh, if, when you increase and lower the, uh, the lift from the balloon, uh, like plummets and skyrockets, <laughs> like everything is like incredibly sensitive. Um, and, uh, as every time you do something, you hear like Jebediah, like laughing, uh, and like holding on to like the ropes and he's like, yeah, She's a bit touchy. <laughs> I'm trying. No, yeah, you're doing much better than I thought you would. No offense. <laughs> do we do we not crash? You don't crash. Yeah. Uh, you eventually start to get the hang of it. After like a little bit of like almost crashing, you you pull up and then uh and then you like kind of like level it out and you start flying towards the docks. And uh, at this point, uh, it's getting pretty dark. All right. So we land in the docks. Are yeah. they there? Um, so while all that was going on, uh, in the tavern, getting pissed, uh, Zeke and Barnabas and, and Percival, or at least Percival's drinking, uh, he's ordered a bottle of rum, uh, and he's, uh, he's drinking it and pouring you guys his glasses if you're having any. And, uh, he goes, so, um, this, uh, this Nazari lady, what's her story? Well, she's a virtue of the... Nazari family. Well, how come she has pulled with the Day Society? It doesn't really work that way. Oh, well, that's a story for her to tell you, not not me, I think. Huh. It's a personal thing. Fair enough. A lot of things are personal in Delvosia. Uh, all right, well, then what's your guys' story? And he, you know, listens to you guys talk about yourselves a little bit. Did he order food? Uh, no, he just ordered rum. Oh, I tell him, well... I'm not allowed to pay for food. That's the rules of the Anthroposian circuit. So <laughs> unless you want me to starve, and I don't think she'll hand over your ship if I starve to death. Please order food. He orders some food. <laughs> he gets some cheesy bread. <laughs> You've done well. And I eat the cheesy bread. Uh, and then uh, at a certain point where you guys are chatting, you hear like a... Like... Uh, of an airship flying overhead. You guys don't really think anything of it, but Percival's ears perk up and he like sits up and he's like, he's like, well, we better be going gentlemen. Okay. All right. Let us go. Yeah. Uh, give me uh, give me just one second. And, uh, he stands up and, uh, you think he's going to walk over and like pay for everything. Cause he has everything running on a tab with the bartender. Um, and the bartender, then he like passes by the bartender doesn't do anything like goes into, uh, uh, goes into the restroom area. 
and uh, you guys are waiting there for a minute, and then uh, Barnabas, we should get ready to run. <laughs> and uh, I've been ready to run the whole time we've been here. Uh, and then Percival uh, comes out of the restrooms, sits back down, and goes, "All right, gentlemen, just give it a minute." And there's a <laughs> in the uh, uh, like a small explosion in the bathroom, and like uh, some people scream, and like smoke starts billowing out of the bathroom, and the uh, bartender's like, ah! and like runs towards it to see what's going on. He's like, "That's our cue." <laughs> What did you eat? I say as I get out. <laughs> he laughs heartily at that while you guys run out. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, uh, and then, yeah, uh, Talia, as you're uh, landing the airship, you see them uh, approaching the docks. Yay. Quickly. <laughs> Rather quickly. We drop the gangway. Uh, Percival walks up on the ship. Let's uh, like, you know, like breeze it in. And then uh, Jebediah, like, walks up to him, and they, like, clasp arms and pull each other into a hug uh, and, like, pat each other. And, uh, and Jebediah is like, I don't know how you, worked, uh, how you uh, roped a, uh, a con artist like that, but she really had the constables convinced that she had uh, ties to the Day Society. And Percival's like, yeah, about that. Uh, I think she does. <laughs> and, nope, she she does. And Gemini, like, his smile, like, almost fades for a second. He's like, huh. <laughs> and uh, Percival's like, yeah, um, great to see you, though. Don't do that again. <laughs> Gemini, like, shrugs and is like, yeah, you're not going to be able to stop me, man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you going as long as I can. I knew you'd, you'd come back for me. And uh, they hug again. And then uh, Percival's like, well, shall we? We shall. With a big old smile. And he, uh, he grabs the wheel. And takes off. And uh, that's where we'll end the session. Huzzah! This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by Cracked Monocle Gaming. Tefra, the steampunk RPG, is a trademark of Cracked Monocle Gaming, all rights reserved. Go to www.crackedmonocle.com for more information.